Good evening. Good evening. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Now, tonight we're going to continue to look at the characteristics of Christ's humility and what that means. Now, this morning we looked at how Jesus Christ emptied himself. He veiled his pre-incarnate glory. He, there was a voluntary non-use of some of his divine attributes. This is called the uh, doctrine of kenosis. Um, and he did this during his time on earth. Now, in his humility, what we see is that Christ obediently went to the cross, suffering and dying in our place. He shed his blood upon the cross. He took our sins upon himself, and he did this so that we would have forgiveness or a chance of forgiveness if we receive him as Lord and Savior and, and also have eternal life but we would have to receive him as Lord and Savior. Just, and if you think about it, it goes back to what he says, just because we say Lord, Lord, does not mean that we know him as Lord and Savior. This goes also with what James says, that you know we can believe there's one God, and we do well in doing that, but also the demons believe that, and they tremble at that fact. We have to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. But when we look at his humility, what does his humility also mean? What did it accomplish? Look at Philippians chapter 2, and we'll be reading verses 9 through 11. It says, Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus should every knee bow both of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord unto the glory of God the Father. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day that you have provided. We thank you, Lord, for all the many blessings that you've given us. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us tonight, Lord, as we worship together. Just give us an insight and understanding into your word and illuminate your word, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. And help us, Lord, just to take what we learn tonight and help us to apply it into our daily walk. And Lord, I just pray that, again, if there is anyone that is listening to the service, Lord, that if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, that you would just convict of sins and just let them know you as Lord and Savior, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would again be with us, be with me, Lord, and give me the words to say. And just hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and let him have no part of the service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now, in this passage of Scripture, Paul gives us more insight into the humility of Jesus Christ and the result of his humility how he humbled himself and what that, the result of that was. If you go back and you look in verse 6, 
Look at what it says in verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In verse 6, we see that Jesus Christ is the same nature. The same essence of God. Jesus is God. God the Son. The Son of God. And when Christ was on the earth, when people looked upon Jesus Christ, when they saw him teaching, when they saw him walking down the, the streets, when they saw him hanging on the cross, they were looking at God. So while he was on the earth, and they looked at him, they saw God. the creator of all things because he was the same essence of God. It goes back to what John writes in John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Christ was the logos, the word of God, the son of God, the creator of all things. And when people looked upon him, they saw him, or they saw God. And when he came to this earth, what we also read here, and what we looked at this morning in verses 7 and 8, is that he humbled himself. He emptied himself of, and veiled his divine attributes, his divine glory. He veiled these things. And what Paul writes is that he was obedient when he did this. He was working out the plan of God the Father, the plan of salvation. And in doing so, he was obedient and even going to the cross when he did this. Now, what does this mean? What happened when he did this? Paul tells us, after he humbled himself and, and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross, we, we read that the Father exalted him. But then look at what Paul writes here. He gave him a name above every name. So because of his obedience, because of his humility, God the Father exalted Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about something. Christ did not come and die on the cross for his glory. He didn't do this to bring glory and honor to himself. The glory and honor that Christ received came because he did this. God exalted him. Christ came to save. He came to be a servant. That's what we see in Isaiah. He did not come as king of kings and lord of lords. That comes later when he returns. He came to be a servant. He came to be obedient to the Father. He came to, to die not to be exalted. The exaltation of Christ 
came as a result of what happened. And this is what Paul is writing here. So he came first and foremost to bring salvation, yet his humility, his obedience, and his death did bring him glory. It did bring him honor. It did make him exalted. And I want you to think about something. What Paul writes here, he says that God has given him a name above every name. So what does this mean? I want to read you something. Calvin writes, The meaning, therefore, is that supreme power was given to Christ and that he was placed in the highest rank of honor so that there is no dignity found either in heaven or in earth that is equal to his. Hence, it follows that it, the name of Jesus, is a divine name. So what happened was, is now, if you think about it, when Christ came, when he was teaching, when he was, when he was doing all the things leading up to his crucifixion, what did people think about him? Well, they would see Jesus and they thought, well, there's a rabbi. There's a teacher. There's a prophet. There's somebody that's working miracles. But when he died on the cross and he resurrected and he ascended back up into heaven, when we think about Jesus Christ or we hear the name of Christ, we think he's the son of God. That's how his name was exalted. His name is now a divine name. And that's what Paul is meaning here. God exalted his name. So we equate the name of Jesus Christ as a name of deity. This is how he was exalted. Now he, he was the eternal son of God. He was God the son from, you know, all time for eternity. But it wasn't until after he rose from the dead that the name Jesus Christ was equated to the Son of God. The disciples believed he was the Messiah, the Christ. They believed that he was the Son of God. But now everyone, when they hear the name of Christ, it's equated to the name of the Son of God. So that is what Paul is talking about here. We equate the name of Jesus Christ with the name of the Son of God and God the Son. So the humility of Christ exalted him in this manner. It exalted him in this manner. Now, another thing to look at is if you think back to the Old Testament, if you think back to the Old Testament, the concept of the Trinity was there. You saw it. I mean, just to name a verse, you can go back to, to the book of Genesis and when God says, let us create man in our own image, you see the concept of the Trinity. Let us do this. You see it in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, when the angels are flying around in the throne room of God saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. And then 
And then God looks at Isaiah and says, who will go for us? Who will we send? So the concept of the Trinity could be seen, but the people in the Old Testament did not know about it. They didn't think about it. It was veiled to them. It was unknown to them. And when Jesus was on earth, they again, like I said earlier, they looked at him as a teacher or a rabbi, a prophet. But after his death, burial, and resurrection, we now know him as God, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. So that is how he was exalted, and his name is exalted. And his name is above all names, as Paul, as Paul writes here. But then Paul writes something else about the exaltation of Christ in the name of Christ. Look at verse 10. He says that at the name of Jesus should every knee bow, both of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Think about that. At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee is going to bow to him. Basically, as Calvin writes, he's going to be given the adoration which belongs to God. People are going to bow to him. And this is proper because he is God. He is going to get the worship he deserves. But I want you to look at something here at what it says. He's going to be worshipped, and it says that both of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth are going to worship him. So one day all will bend the knee to Christ. Think about that. That means one day all angels all the people in heaven right now, all the people on the earth, and then all that have died are going to bow to Christ. So this means living dead, saved, lost, angels, and the demons, the devils, Satan, all will bow to him. Now, when you think of humans, this is going to happen at two different places. The righteous, the Christians, are going to do it at the judgment seat of Christ. Whenever we're judged for our work as a Christian. Sin is not judged at the judgment seat of Christ. This is for our work as a Christian. We're going to bow and declare him. As Paul writes here, we're going to declare him and say that he is Lord. 
Yahweh of the Old Testament. That's what the word Lord there means. We're going to say he is Yahweh. But at the great white throne judgment, the lost are going to declare him Lord. But I want you to think about something. They're lost. This is not for salvation. This is acknowledgement of the mistake they made. I want you to think about that. That means Pontius Pilate, Caiaphas, Judas, all the Roman soldiers that crucified Christ, all those people that were lost there, all those chief priests and scribes and Pharisees and everyone that betrayed Christ and rejected him are going to see him sitting on the throne and they're going to have to bend their knee to him and declare him Lord. But they're lost. And in doing so, that will bring glory not only to Christ, but glory to God the Father. Because people are going to have to acknowledge his plan of salvation and what he did to save humanity. But even Satan is going to confess that Christ is Lord before he's cast into the lake of fire. So I want you to think about that. This is the acknowledgement of who Christ is. So what we see is in his humility, in his obedience to the plan of the Father, now the name of Christ is exalted above all names. And part of that exaltation is, is that people are going to have to confess him and worship him. Give him the worship that is due him. And everyone, all creation, is going to have to do that one day. And this is what his humility brought when he, when he went willingly to the cross. The humility of Jesus Christ brought him exaltation and worship. I'll stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, we just come before you and just thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would just be with us tonight as we go into this time of invitation. Again, Lord, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, but that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Number 2A.